Jesus is a dangerous idea. That was the answer Peter Hitchens gave at a thing called a Festival of Dangerous Ideas in Australia in 2014. My sense is that that event got the name, probably borrowed the name, from an online think tank called uh, The Edge. Every year The Edge offers a question and invites responses and then uh, collates those responses into a book. In 2006, their question was, what is your most dangerous idea? So Hitchens, participating in this panel discussion at the Australian conference, was a well-known journalist in the UK at the time, probably more well-known by his association with his brother, Christopher Hitchens, who was one of the most famous atheists in the world uh, until his death in 2011. So asked to respond to the question of the day, what is your most dangerous idea, Peter Hitchens, responded that uh, his most dangerous idea was Jesus. It was an unusual idea for that conference. A well-known feminist said that her most dangerous idea was freedom, and another one said his most dangerous idea was uh, that to make abortion mandatory for 30 years to control the population. I mean, these were dangerous ideas. And then Hitchens. They asked his most dangerous idea, and he said the most dangerous idea in human history and philosophy remains the belief that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and rose from the dead, and that is the most dangerous idea you will ever encounter. And so the moderator, needing a little more clarification, said, why in the world would the resurrection be dangerous? And Hitchens said, because it alters the whole of human behavior and all our responsibilities. It turns the universe from meaningless chaos into a designed place in which there is justice and there is hope. And therefore, we all have a duty to discover the nature of that justice, work toward that hope. It alters us all. If we reject it, it alters us as well. It is incredibly dangerous. And it is why so many people turn against it. I mean, what a response. What a proclamation of the gospel. His, Hitchens' response was a reflection of his own journey. He was raised in an Anglican church. He left Jesus behind at the age of 15 and then was well into adulthood. He'd already been married for a season when he came back to Christ. He married a Marxist atheist who found her own uh, journey to Jesus. And then Peter followed her back into the faith. He was already this well-known journalist and respected, and so acknowledging faith in Jesus was kind of a dangerous thing professionally for him. Colleagues wondered what he was doing for years. He lived his faith under the radar because Jesus is a dangerous idea. Jesus himself said so. He said that uh, he would set people against each other, even people who love each other. If this idea of Jesus as a life-giving, sin-defeating redeemer of the universe is a lie, well, then think of the billions, I mean literally billions of people across the globe who have been deluded. But if it's true, if we confess publicly, if what we confess publicly, vocally, I mean think of the Christians around the world who every week, some of them every day, recite the apostles or the Nicene creeds. If we... If what we say is true, then we are participating in a divine conspiracy to alter the course of the world. And that's how the creed ought to be read, how it ought to be recited. 
how it ought to be handled. These words we use to describe Jesus and the apostles and Nicene creeds are a statement of subversion carved out by people who died for those words. They have altered the course of humanity. They have blasted through atheistic regimes and have changed the character of countries. Those words, and more specifically the truths they represent, have won wars and cast out demons and angered infidels and confounded scientists for more people than not. They make no sense, but for billions, literally billions of people, they make everything else make sense. So that thing we believe, it's a dangerous idea. So how dare we roll through the, uh, the Apostles' Creed casually Sunday after Sunday as if we are scrolling through the credits at the end of a movie? How dare we treat them with such routine indifference that they no longer mean anything, even to the ones reciting them week after week? How dare we allow anyone to speak the creeds without some sense that they too are participating in the welcome and advance of the kingdom of God? And indeed, have that responsibility if they utter those words as if they are real. And this is how I believe the historic words professing the faith of our fathers, the faith in, that we all have together in Jesus Christ. This is how I believe they ought to be voiced when they are voiced, as if you are standing for truth and justice and everything good in the whole of human design and God's plan, and as if you intend to stand up from that place and walk out of there to live this moment and change the world. Pastors, when you lead your people in the recitation of the Apostles and Nicene Creeds this Sunday, then for God's sake, please shake your people awake and help them understand just what a bold conspiracy they are committing because Jesus is a dangerous idea.